welcome to Was That in Good Taste, a podcast about tasting things and asking if they taste good, and then talking about things and asking, was that in good taste? Which we all know is an inevitable no, no, it probably is not. Uh, my name's Chandler Phillips. With me, as always, is... Stephen Beery, that's me. Oh, yeah. All right. And today, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about our uh, our comfort foods and also our discomfort foods, you know, the the foods that give us that sense of catharsis and that, that make us feel good whenever, you know, everything else makes us feel not. And then, you know, those foods that you're just not too convinced about, you know? So, so what you're uh, saying is, when you're here, when you're here, we're going to talk about, you know, the foods. <laughs> Your family. Yeah. <laughs> that when you consume at a table with your loved ones. Give me some more gravy. Give me some more breadsticks. I, I need some more sauce. When you're here, you're family. When you're here, you're family. So, uh, but before we get into that, I think, uh, we're going to do a little little quick week catch-up. We'll do a little catch-up. But I guess, really, it's kind of two weeks because this is now. I think everybody knows, and you know this. Mm-hmm. This is coming out on Friday, the 3rd, 4th, it's coming out on Friday. That's the 4th, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, coming out, it's coming out on a Friday of some week and some blah, 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 every two weeks, right? So we're there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, All right? we got so, some time. So you're a comedian. Boy, howdy. Have you done any of that there comedy? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been hitting a couple of mics when uh, when the work schedule allows me to. It's... Uh, it's been a little tough, but you know, I try to go to the Brooklyn Comedy Club um, as often as I can. They got a pretty good uh, Monday. It's a free open mic called Bagels and Baklava. They have a great uh, bagels great and bagels and baklava, and okay. uh, it's at five o'clock on Mondays at the uh, Brooklyn Comedy Club on Fifty Third. And uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun doing comedy there. Um, I'm just starting to get back into the swing because I have, oh man, I have been <laughs> quite lethargic lately. Oh, so you haven't been doing any actual comedy? I have been out of practice. I'm I'm that guy who like for a month has been saying, oh man, I should go to the gym. And then instead just goes home and eats an entire bag of Doritos. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I, I'm efficient too. I know how to use the whole chip funneling method. Into my mouth, which I guess that's a good enough as tra- no. <laughs> we can't transition to comfort foods from there. No, definitely There's not. There's still way more to cover. So I hit, wait. So here, you did the comedy thing. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it? How did it feel? Oh, it was good. It was. You feel sore afterwards because open mics never go the way you want them to. Unless did anybody laugh? Yeah, a couple people laughed. I got some chuckles, some snickers. How many people were there? Oh, uh, actually, you know, as time went on, it filled up probably to about like 20, 25 people, um, most of which are comedians. But that's the trouble with open mics. You can't ever really gauge. It's all people who think they're funnier than you. Exactly. But they're probably not. Well, and then also me thinking I'm funnier than, you know, any given person, but I'm not. <laughs> I think, have we not done it? It's kind of hard because it's like. Can you like go to a pizza restaurant? You get like a really shitty slice of pizza, mm-hmm. 
and you don't really know how to make pizza, but you know it's shitty. You know, and you see the comedians, and I mean, you know how to make, you know how to make a joke, but you know what a real bad joke is. You know yeah. when you hear it. You know when you see it. It's just like it's it hurts. I've been it, doing nothing, so I don't know. Have you ever been to an open mic, Stephen? Oh, oh, like just ex- many. So like there's actually experience there's actually open mic comedy. Uh, um, there's one in Brooklyn, actually in the Brooklyn Queens called Open Mic Renegades. It's actually run by an associate of mine and a friend of mine participates. They do comedy, music, um, everything, guitars, uh, pianos. It's a real kind of safe space. It's really cool that they do it. They do it every other Friday. That's, you know, that's nice. It's super awesome. And the thing I like about that kind of a mic is that not everyone who's there is participating. Mm-hmm. Or if they are, they're not all doing the same thing. I'm going to be honest. Usually those kinds of open mics that are a little bit more showcase of multiple talents, those are more fun as a comedian to do because everyone's not tired of hearing comedy by the time you go yeah, And everybody's happy. Everybody, Everybody's supportive. Everybody wants to be there for you, you know? Exactly. Some of my best sets I did at uh, this one club that, um, like, most of the other actors were either hip-hop performances or spoken word poetry or um, there's, like, one other thing that people do at open mics. <laughs> and then... Oh, comp- magicians also. Magicians. Those yeah. are interesting. Yeah. The, but it's a lot of poetry. But a lot of poetry, yeah. a lot more poetry yeah. in but New York. I, you know, I really love in New York, it's really interesting, is that all the open mics are mostly poetry, but with the random comedian thrown in and the random, and people who play like instruments and stuff. And it's interesting. It breaks up the monotony. It makes it very mm-hmm. easy, you know. Tell you what's not fun, being the only comedian in an all poetry open mic. Mm, yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely one of those things I've seen before. You, you want to talk about? It's not on purpose, it, but like mm. some open mics are really poetry open mics, right? Not open open mics. And comedians are just thirsty for stage time. We are the thirstiest bitches for yeah. stage time, unless you're like good. Even then, <laughs> I've uh, I've been thinking about doing like some sort of stand up. Then I realized I'm not funny, and I don't, telling me. I don't really think that I have uh, the kind of, I don't know what kind of humor I'd be. You know, I always joke that, like, you know, for me, I like a good cheap laugh. So my favorite thing is, that's racist. Or, man, something, something racism, something, something black person, you know. Oh, but, that's pretty much, you know, par yeah, par for the course. He's like, oh, standard. man, boy, I sure do. You know who sucks? President Trump. <sighs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, uh, I, did, I did a Trump joke today that, like, it wasn't a bad joke. It was just like, even as I was doing it, I was like, eh, we get it. That that I said that to myself in my head while I was doing the Trump joke today. It was about, it, it, Giuliani got subpoenaed today. <laughs> Shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> There's a shit storm a coming. Oh, oh, for the fifth time? For the fifth time. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, other presidents, they... They knew how to how to evac during a shitstorm. They get that tropical depression notice in the White House, and they're like, "All right, I'm out." I mean, Clinton being the the exception because Nixon was like, "All right," Nixon was like, "All right, out. I'm done. <laughs> Packed up the car. We're then, going inland." But you know, Clinton 
He's a good old boy from Arkansas. He's weathered a tornado warning or two in his time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He 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 may have hunkered down and and didn't do much, but you know he still weathered the storm. I, I mean, since we're doing a little thing before we get into the main topic, I just gotta drop my little opinion here. Uh, I think that Trump is not doing that because there's li- all likelihood if he does, he will be indicted real quick. Oh, real quick, real quick. Well, here's why I think he hasn't yet. He, he's got too much Floridian in him. <laughs> he's just like, every time he comes in, every time, every, every time, time the levees break, yeah, just rebuild. He's, he's, he can smell the shit storm Never coming. heard of a Category 5. And he's outside of his house, rock, flag, and eagle, just waiting for it. In fact, it, at this point, if he were to turn and run, it would just look bad on all politicians. <laughs> It's like, is this what Floridians do when there's trouble coming? Is this no. the kind of humor that you do on stage? Because I don't know how funny it is. Oh, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, oh, believe me, sweetie. It is not. So I think this is super interesting. I So I bring food into everything, right? You know, Because this week we're talking about food and our relationship to food. And I bring food into everything. And you're reminding me, actually, of like my friend Ian Russo, who uh, he has a podcast called Clearwater Los Angeles. His name is Ian Russo. He does a lot of comedy at, uh, uh, I know he does something at the store sometime. What's the other comedy? Comedy uh, store, Laugh uh, Factory? Laugh, uh, what's the other one I was talking about in, uh, in in Vegas? And oh. you were like, oh, wow, you know somebody who does it there too. I don't know. Is it Comedy Cellar? At the Comedy Cellar. In Vegas? Yeah, we know. And um, so when he first started doing comedy, there's a bar like four doors from here. And they have like, for $10, you get a shot. A 16-ounce tall boy of, like, Paps mm. and an appetizer. Mm. And that's, uh, I really, that's a spicy deal. I really kind of associate food. This is why I'm fat. <laughs> this is why I got <laughs> the wheeze going. The wheeze. You know, um, uh, I'm, I, I'm not morbidly obese, I swear. People who've never seen me before, you're like, well, you can also <laughs> catch Steven on my 600 pound life. <laughs> so I, I directly relate food to my experiences, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I just remember going there to see him, and we were watching another comedian, and he was eating macaroni and cheese. And I just thought it was so funny. So Wait, I, before his set? Or yeah, after? yeah, before his set. You're going to eat mac and cheese before a set? So I took a picture of him Oof. eating macaroni and cheese. And he gets on stage, and he's joking around or whatever. And he goes, hey, he says some joke. And the woman in the crowd is like, this guy was taking pictures of you while you were eating. And I was just like, I was like, I know him. I was like, it was so awkward. <laughs> Wait, so during his set, a lady heckles him to remind him of something that happened I'll be fair, before he got on stage? My memory is not... I'm not remembering. It, it wasn't heckling. He he posed a question or something. Oh, okay. It was, so it was crowd play. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, just, I relate food to everything. You know, oh, I don't definitely. know. So I live in New York. And so to me, you're a little alien. Oh, so I want to know... Not right now about the, the individual foods but i want to know about your like you and food and your history with food i'm just curious oh man i don't know anything about like really about where you grew up i don't know like you guys poor i don't know anything i don't i don't really know uh i love food well i should start that out i i love food so much Couldn't like tell. it's <laughs> only recently have i 
have I not been uh, as fat as I was consistent. Like, I've been a fat kid for the majority of my life because I love food. My favorite line from any kid's movie was School of Rock when uh, Jack Black is talking to the girl in the class who was like, oh, I didn't want to be a singer because people are going to make fun of me. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, so? I'm fat. I like to eat. Is that such a crime? (laughs) And, like, that was my fucking mantra for for years it was just yeah i like to eat so what um so i do have a very very uh close connection with food as well um the the foods that i grew up eating don't really do the best justice for how much i like food. they were relatively bland i'm gonna be on my mom tried she tried to introduce <laughs> some flavor into our life but uh, my dad's a bit stubborn on that. Like consistently, our our we had at least twice a week uh, ground turkey tacos. Uh, no seasonings, just Ooh. yeah. Uh, with flour tortillas, some cheddar cheese sprinkled on, maybe a little lettuce, maybe maybe like a mild salsa and, or or green salsa. All right, all and right. then occasionally well, salsa verde. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. We wanted to spice it up a little bit more. The go-to was uh, Chipotle Tabasco. That little little Chipotle Tabasco and ooh, Tabasco Chipotle Chipotle flavor has a direct line to my heart and my heartburn. So food food was not like a super huge part of relationship with you and your parents. It was and it wasn't because I ended up cooking a lot for myself when I'd come home for school. And uh, a lot of time, like, a lot of the time I wouldn't really cook for myself as much as I would just rummage through the fridge for about an hour and a half and, you know, scavenge. That I was a scavenger. And so one of my favorite meals to eat was uh, a picked rotisserie chicken. I, I know that. Carcass really. and all. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, you come home and you see that and there's like maybe a leg gone, but there's still a full breast and a couple mm-hmm, wings. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Because for me, were you guys poor? Like, I don't know. I'm asking because I don't know because. Well, the the middle class is disappearing. So. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, I don't think we were poor. My dad just didn't have that uh, adventurous of a flavor palette. And so we kind of stuck to bland foods, but we always had food in the house and there was always stuff to snack on. It's just, it wasn't fruit. We were the type of family that had like fruit leathers instead of fruit roll-ups. Oh boy. And I never ate the fruit leathers. Mm-hmm. I think don't, the only reason I ask is because for me and my relationship with food and my mother, a lot is completely tied into the fact about how just poor we were. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason why I ate the way I did and the things that I did is my mother wanted me to like be expanded to things and wanted me not to eat like as poor as we were. You know what I mean? So you kind of you ate above your income. I, I guess <laughs> you could say that only because. So I'm gonna give you like a little give me thing. A, give me a little insight. Um, we didn't have cable, right? Mm. But. There was a coaxial cable, the white cable that goes into the cable box, hanging from the ceiling. And we plugged it into the TV. 
And sometimes when you do that, you get the local channels clear as day. Hmm. So we got channel 11, channel 9, channel 7, 5, 4, 3, and channel 2. Which nobody in New York is really good CBS. It's kind of hard. I don't know why. I don't know where it is. is but it, but CBS is based that in New York. But there's an, I don't know what was going on. Like you couldn't really get it in your apartment over huh. over the air. It was kind of hard sometimes. Um, so we plugged it in, and you would also get Nickelodeon, oh. and a brand new channel that just came on to cable, the Food Network. Food Network. Ooh. The Food Network. And the thing is, is that when I say that we were poor, I didn't realize how poor we were. But my best memories are like my mother and I eating Chinese food when our lights would get cut off in front of our little portable battery power TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because my mother went out of her way to kind of make sure that I, I didn't suffer, really. I never went without clothes, without gifts on Christmas, or without food, huh. you know? So, that, you know. Sacrificed. Yeah, she did. Yeah. In a way, I didn't really realize. So even to the point where, for example, on Fridays, she would do, like, a cultural Friday. But again, Y'all this is the 90s. Nights? So a different culture in the 90s was tacos. <laughs> and, sp- and also we were poor and spaghetti. But she would do also random stuff like she ordered like Omaha steaks and I was eating like really shitty vegetarian food in the 90s that wasn't good, you know. Before they actually knew yeah. how to make things impossible. And like sushi and stuff. These things that were not like super mainstream, you know. And my entire relationship with food is tied into my mother and my relationship with her. But... But you got good exposure to to a bunch of different foods that way, it sounds like. Yeah, of course. I mean, the thing is, my mother went out of her way to let me cook with her, you know, even if it was just the beef stroganoff hamburger helper, which, by the way, it's so good. I taste it right now. I can taste it right now. You know, there was always seconds. There was always thirds, you know. I always prefer my beef. (laughs) <laughs> just stuff it into your mouth stroke it off you know now this is completely related right because as you know we always do a little little oh, a little drinky drink right yeah. and so what the thing that we kind of did today is like we were all talking we were talking about like the kind of drinks that you would have in childhood and maybe adulting them up a little bit right yeah now me I was thinking about something because I am just drinking whiskey and ginger ale. And I wasn't thinking of drinking that as a kid. But there's a reason for that. Because. You didn't drink whiskey and ginger beer as a kid? Definitely not. Because I realized that we didn't have anything to drink in my house. And I drank Kool-Aid. And I enjoyed Kool-Aid. But does anybody really love Kool-Aid? Like, I didn't really love it. And things like orange juice were super special. You know, there was no soda. I didn't really have like soda, you know, I I didn't have a lot of beverage, you know, just water, just water and Kool-Aid that I didn't really love, you know. And then when Tropical Fantasy came around and I would like steal 50 cents from my mother's purse (laughs) and like get a Tropical Fantasy. So I kind of realized that me for me and adulting a beverage is not going back to any beverage that I had when I was a child. Because I don't 
that's strangely the one thing that I don't have a connection with when it comes to food. Is it beverages? Is beverage. Huh. Well, you must have had some, like, really well-cooked, or at least not dry food, because... Yeah, no, the food was very good, and I would always have some Kool-Aid, and also, and I have, like, I have, like small memories of, like, when I first discovered the mango flavor of Kool-Aid, it was so good. Mm. And, you know, and the Jamaica, which is like, um, which is like a sorrel, you know, sorrel, like hibiscus. Oh, okay. Like flavored Kool-Aid. Wait, what? I've never yeah, heard it's of called it. Jamaica. If you go to uh, Hispanic neighborhoods and get Kool-Aid, they have different flavors. What? Yeah. I, I was just limited to the basic ass uh, fruit punch or wild berry. Yeah, no, whatever. they have like little packets of uh, tamarind flavor or purple flavored. Yeah, they the got they got tamarind flavored. Tamarind. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's so good. But the Since thing is, when? is that I so but Kool Aid doesn't really taste good with liquor. I really thought about it, but Kool Aid doesn't actually taste good with liquor because it's mostly water. You got to make riot punch. Yeah, yeah, but I don't really like that. So like I saw, you know. <laughs> But you're drinking something actually really cool and kind of interesting. Oh, I did a little research because, like I said earlier, I fucking love food. And, uh, you know, being that, you know, a lot a lot, of, a lot of the meals in my house were on the drier side. Turkey. What's, what's a good turkey taste like, Stephen? <laughs> chicken. It tastes, it tastes like, like chicken. And yeah. uh, I, I, I swear, it wasn't until, like, I moved out to go to college that... My dad realized you didn't have to cook steaks well done. And (laughs) he's learned, but that's, I'm so proud of him. I talk a bunch of shit about his his palate, his gutter palate, but I'm so proud of him because he's learning so much. Let's exchange steak stories. Okay, give me me your steak story. All right, so I don't eat steak anymore, obviously, but when I did, in 2004, when I was dating my ex-girlfriend Rose, she was German, Mm -hmm. so she was white, obviously, you know. Wait, Germans are white? I know, right? She didn't okay. speak any English. She moved to Europe, then from Europe to America within a year, and she taught herself English. So she had great, great English. And I went and I and I went and stayed at her house four five times, six times, whatever. I went to visit her from New York. First she came to visit me, I went to go visit her. Then I moved to South Carolina. And then I moved to Georgia where she lived. And right. I lived right next to her. Coincidentally, just related to my mother, nothing to do with her. Okay, so then one day I was there, and her father made steak. I think it was a New York strip steak, actually. He made steak, and I was like, oh, I'll just have the piece from the end. I like it well done. And he said to me, try a piece from the middle. And I was like, it's not, it's not, but it's not, it's not cooked all the way. He was like, give it a try. Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you something. It was like a life-changing moment. It really is. It really was. It was oh, so juicy. It's, oh. And tender. And delicious. Oh, it's got all the steak flavors. It was so good. I remember. Succulents. You know? Yeah. I never forgot that day. Mm. What was mm. her name mm. again? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, you obviously have a steak story because I, I only mentioned it because you were talking about your father and his driest. Well, okay, his dry. Let, quick backtrack because uh, a lot of the time. Oh, we're talking about what we're, we're talking about. You're drinking. I said I. Oh, I tangented. Ooh, I we need tangented a tangent hard. 
All right. I didn't want to reel you back in because, I mean, steak stories are always fun. They're always good. All right, They're... so uh, continue. What are, you, what are you drinking? So Only because mine was boring. Yours is boring. Yeah. We've had whiskey highballs before. What I'm drinking is uh, one of my favorite comfort drinks, which it's a um, – well, the cocktail is called a California root beer. And I'm from California, and boy, do I love root beer. I love me a cold sarsaparilla. In the afternoon. What? Yeah. I don't know what sarsaparilla is. Sarsaparilla is like OG root beer. It's what sas- the sarsaparilla, whatever the, the, the plant name is it, that the root that it's made from is root beer. Anywho, uh, I was only allowed to drink sodas on the weekends. And so I'd be so stoked to get me one of them A&W sodas. Ooh. And I, oh, go all out we'd go to a and w i get a get an ice cream float or a, a root beer float oh i was so juiced and there was a good time where once i moved out of my house all i drank was soda or all i drank was Ooh. root beer i had root beer and cream soda running through my veins and uh now now that uh yeah, i got a little bit more self-control <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more discipline uh you know, I don't like wheezing going up my stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't need uh, high fructose corn syrup running through my veins. Um, I cut back on my soda intake significantly, but every now and then I splurge on like one of those good artisanal root beers that really oh. like you get the 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 full terroir. Abita is the best. Yes, or uh, Fentiman. Oh yeah, they do a pretty solid. Root beer. But what we're drinking today is a cocktail, the California root beer for this California kid. And it's uh, one part, uh, this this interesting Italian liqueur called Galliano. Galliano? Galliano Latinsky. La, la authentic. It's uh, the authentic Galliano. That's pretty much that's what pretty it is. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an herbal liqueur. That was, I believe, uh, introduced to Italy during their war with uh, Ethiopia. Uh, oh, the first Italo-Ethiopia war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1896. Ooh, look at you fact-checking me on the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't get my information from there. Ooh, star anise, juniper uh, berry, musk yarrow, lavender, peppermint, cinnamon. So it's, it's and got a lot. vanilla. And vanilla. So you got the, the little The vanilla bit. is why it doesn't taste like complete, like anise. I get it. It's, right. And it's what kind of differentiates it from uh, the absinthe that we had a while back as well. Because it, it still has that anise flavor, that anisette uh, herbaceousness. But not only is it one part of that Gallano. It's also one part Kahlua, and then I took a little liberties because typical recipes call for either club soda or cola, and I said, uh-uh, not this guy. Mm-mm. I said, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. And uh, I threw in some good old ginger beer into this mix because, um, boy, do I love me some ginger beer now. And I'm gonna be honest; it actually has a pretty similar flavor profile to root beer. It does. You know, what I think it is the vanilla and it, the anise. It's the vanilla and the anisette, 
and like just the tiny bit of rich sweetness that you get mm-hmm, from the Kahlua mm-hmm. just kind of helps give it that body that I'll be honest though I think the Kahlua the coffee taste is the coffee part of the Kahlua is kind of it kind of counters some of the some of the flavors but like it I take a sip of it and it takes me back to uh after school would get out in high school my buddies and I all 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 us Utes would would uh mob down to the local gas station we'd fill up these like what is it like a 46 ounce uh big gulp at the local gas station Ooh. and the goal was to see one who could finish theirs first on the walk home and two who could go the longest without then either pissing or puking uh-huh. on that same walk home puking puking because okay well <laughs> I just don't know. Okay, okay. But does this need a tangent story? No, next time. I, I, I all right. Because that also kind of defines my relationship with food. I have a very sensitive gag reflex. Ooh. So there were times where, like, my family would celebrate, like, "Oh, we're gonna go down to the to the buffet and you know have dinner there," and that happened about three times that we ever went to a buffet because I would overeat to my heart's content because I wanted to try literally everything that was at the buffet. No self-control. And then, sure enough, through just the walk from the doors to the car, I'd spew. Oh, boy. Oh, it was bad. Well, are you enjoying your beverage? I am not going to vomit this beverage back up, which is one of the highest of compliments I could give to a beverage. Well, I'm enjoying my beverage. I'm enjoying mine. You know, I think I, you know that you know I think that warrants that was in, in good, good taste. taste. Oh, oh, now let's let's what, do a little. What are we doing here? I know, right? Um, take a little sip. <laughs> um, all right, so here you go. So let's talk about briefly like some foods that you do not like. All right, so the discomfort foods. Discomfort foods. Well, I'll let you go. You go first on this one. So what what foods do you associate? Mayonnaise. Either? Mayonnaise. I hate 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 it. It's weird. Wait, but what are your thoughts on Miracle Whip? That's so that's extra nasty because here's the thing: a dollop of mayonnaise and cake batter is delicious, and it helps lighten up the cake. Huh? I've never. Did you not know this? I've never heard this. Yes. If you put because what what is what is mayonnaise? It's egg whites and. And oh no, it's and yolks, it's isn't it? Egg whites. It's and egg whites and vinegar. Oil. Oh, vinegar. That that makes your cake really fluffy, huh? Yeah, you know, yeah. I've heard of sour cream. That, but that is that you you would also do sour cream, but not for cake. Mm-hmm. But for like maybe, but that's not more the like a bread. Yes, like a corn bread. But but you definitely use mayonnaise for that. And I used to enjoy a small bit, of, like a dollop of mayonnaise, like a small one in tuna fish, because you have to. But I hate it. Oof. But you have to have it in tuna fish. You just That's, have to. You ha- it's a binding agent. You know, but like, I hate it. I don't like it. You know, Steve, I'm in that same camp with you. And, yes. And the, the dry household I came from, <laughs> too, greatly despises mayonnaise. And tuna was the only. You have to. For, you, you have, have to. to. You have to. You have to. So, mayonnaise. Other than that, and I don't eat meat anymore, but that's for like weird ethical reasons and stuff. 
that has that has no, that has nothing to do with how delicious the poor animals are, because you know the animals are loving and they shouldn't be eaten. I think, but they also taste delicious. So I'm I don't don't at me, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that's just what it is, you know. Um, I don't really dislike many foods. There are some textures sometimes I don't like, but I'm willing to try and I'm open to trying anything. Mm-hmm. I have more foods that I like, and I have more individual stories and connections with food and bad meals. Like I can talk bad meals. Like one time me and my friend, we used to go all the time to diners. Okay. She and I would go to diners all the time. Oh, I love diners. So there's a diner in the Bronx under the, uh, the stop after Fordham, the, um, the, the not Burnside. That's two stops before, whatever. doesn't matter. I'm a foreigner. You, you can't know? be asking me okay. for this advice. So right under, right under the King bridge station, four train is a diner so me and adriana we go to this diner we sit there we're sitting at this table and she gets a salad she doesn't eat meat so she was like i get the anchovies on the side it's the whole thing mm-hmm. no just spaghetti no i got the salad. she got the spaghetti she ate the spaghetti and she said to herself she was like this doesn't taste good so i took a bite and it was like the sauce was thick and mm-hmm. oily and clumpy and I couldn't figure out why it tasted so nasty. And I took it away. Then last year, I sat down and I realized what it was. What that strange acidic flavor was. Huh. Canned stream beans. Huh. They had mashed up canned stream beans, stream green beans, string beans, 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 and put them into Wait, the sauce. Bees? Be- beans. The green beans. beans. Green beans <laughs> into the sauce. So I have, like, bad food stories, right. but I don't really have foods I really dislike. Except mayonnaise. But now, even that... Where does the animosity for mayonnaise come from? It just looks so nasty to me. It looks to the, gotta... point, to the point where, like, fettuccine Alfredo and stuff, I, I'm hesit- I was hesitant to eat, but I do enjoy it. But I really don't like the Not way it looks of, so much. Uh, white goopy sauces? No. See, now you're sounding like my father. Really? He's he is not about white goopy sauce. <laughs> I mean, but that's also not true because I like other things that are white and goopy. Like you fuck with a bechamel. Oh, I fuck with a bechamel. You have to. You have. You know, to. you have to. But I don't know. But we, do you have any very specific foods that you don't like? Oh, that, well, yes. Let me answer a couple of these because you said but, some but hold things. On, Can I say something first? Oh, time? we're gonna go on like six different. I'm gonna make this very All clear right. though. Because I, I can mix it, I I only really dislike mayonnaise, but people I just realized they dislike things a lot. People don't like olives. They don't like pickles. People don't like so many things, and I don't really understand it. Because I can see something might be too spicy mm-hmm. or too salty, but like you can get pickles that are less salty. You can get like there like, are some people who are genuinely offended by some foods. I just don't understand it because even though. But I have to because mayonnaise is – I don't understand it. Just bothered by mayonnaise. Just picture it as tapioca. Jesus. Tapioca is not great either, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> See, I have friends who could like eat a spoonful of mayonnaise. In fact, my dad once bet a guy while playing a game of pool. If he missed the shot, he would eat a spoon of mayonnaise. And the man 
stuck to his word. Get away your fucking pop. Oh. It's so nasty. You gotta spew. Oh. So your 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 discomfort right, food. My discomfort food. <clears throat> my number one discomfort food is locks. Is is you're bagels like, and locks. Hmm. And it's not it's not just like I I don't really have a, a taste for salmon. And it's not it's not just that I dislike the food, but the concept of me disliking bagels and locks and it wasn't even until recently i had i enjoyed cream cheese but it gave me an identity crisis like <laughs> my 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 entire jewish side of my family I'm, I'm only half jewish but according to to jewish law my mom's jewish Which therefore the, it's my mom you and the left half or the, my, right half? No, the top <laughs> half <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Bottom half is all goy. Uh, <laughs> oh, my mom would she'd love bagels and locks, and we'd you know meet up with with other people with other uh, family members on that side, and I'm I'm supposed to have this this kinship over such a traditional food of our people, and the first time I smelt locks, I gagged and and spewed. Oh boy, with and, the spewing. Uh, the the spew was intense, and that was when I was like five or six. But like I've I've had this animosity towards locks that's just been an internalized anger with my like I if I could like smoked salmon and locks I would <laughs> I would want that connection, but I don't, and it feels distancing, you know. And of course, I also, you know, identify with with the spirit animal of a bear, which also are known to enjoy salmon. And and again, the same issue. I can't I can't force myself oh, to like salmon. No matter how hard. No matter how hard I try. Is that like your number one That's like discomfort food? If I could change one thing about myself aside from my financial status, it would be... You know what? <laughs> I agree with you. Because if I could change the fact that I don't like mayonnaise, mayonnaise is great on sandwiches. It is. Like, that's the purpose of mayonnaise. It's you to put just a nice, kind of liven thin, up a sandwich. And, and I just don't. You, here's what probably happened. You probably had some experience in your life where someone didn't put the appropriate film of mayonnaise on a... Oh, you mean a, like everyone ever, where they put like... Where they just thwap it on. Ugh. And also like, watching my mother eat mayonnaise and watching the it ooze out of the side. Can we talk about food we like? Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, well, let's transition to foods. Here, Here's a – I'll transition this way because I love tuna melts. It's – the salmon thing, it doesn't extend Jeez, to all seafoods. tuna. Okay. But it's tuna con mayonesa. With cheese and usually onions, and that—that that is my biggest connection. Like when I go to bar mitzvahs and stuff, there's always uh, bagels and locks out. But my real connection to that side of my family is my love for tuna melts. Because my my grandma—I never got to meet her. She died like three, four years before uh, I was even a concept, and she like her. I've been told her go-to meal were tuna melts on rye bread, and Ooh. oh boy, 
is that's that's a quick way to my heart is uh, a tuna melt with some deli mustard, some Swiss cheese. Listen up, ladies. Oh, Oh, man. Oh, boy. You can take it to the deli. Well, put that away. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a food that I thoroughly enjoy, that I do feel that connection to to a culture that I'm otherwise kind of severed from. Do you have any connection? That's so funny because my favorite food ever is not, I swear, it's like pasta with gravy like now when you say gravy i mean i mean italian gravy you mean gravy i mean gravy i swear i remember in this revy house i have memories of like being like seven years old sitting in the room we were just sitting in at a table we kind of where we just were and i think actually that mirror was still on the wall but it was organized a little different the tv was on the same side and I remember sitting there at the table with my back to the TV and my grandfather giving me a bowl of spaghetti. And now I realize he didn't drain the... Because you, you ever not drain the noodles enough? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the bottom of the bowl is, like, this soupy, watery mess with, like, a tomato sauce that happens a little Your spaghetti bit. spaghetti broth. I remember that. <laughs> and I remember fucking loving it. Ooh. You know? Did, and you, I, did you slurp it down at the end? Yes. And I remember... Like, we couldn't really afford to put spaghetti sauce on top of the pasta because it takes up more sauce. So my mother would always toss the uh, sauce in, which I didn't hate. But, like, it would kind of, like, dry out and not be as saucy, you know. Yeah, sometimes the sauce doesn't cling to the noodles the right yes. way. So when I first lived by myself as an adult, I lived across the street from where we are right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And I ate spaghetti Every day, but Friday, for six months. <laughs> well, because Fridays were the... Pizza. Uh, oh, okay. ordered me, me and Rob ordered pizza from the same place. So I had pizza from earlier today. We would order a pizza every Friday. What's... If you're ordering a pizza for yourself, what topping... Not paying for the pizza yourself. Just ordering a pizza for yourself. I usually go plain. I don't usually do extra cheese because... Extra cheese is good, but I like extra cheese, not too much cheese. And when you get extra cheese, that's what you get. You like extra cheese, not yes. ludicrous if cheese. I, if, yes. You know, <laughs> like ludicrous cheese, <laughs> ludicrous speed. No, if I had to pick like a pizza, for example, because hold on now, this is the second one. It's pizza. Ooh. Okay. Because if you look at the show notes, what you'll be able to find at habitofwellness.wordpress.com. Okay. And that Google cool. Docs, it'll be everywhere. It'll be everywhere. It'll be in a little, in a little, the, the summary and whatever. Um, pizza, like my friend Lisa in high school, I bought her two slices of pizza, and she still owes me five dollars from that, and I never forgot. <laughs> okay, um, and I, but Denise's slice of pizza, she owed me two two dollars eighty five cents because that was after the price went up, and I like a good regular New York style slice of pizza. However, I love the margarita, like a traditional, like kind of tr- traditional margarita with the dollop of the sauce, the with basil. the basil, but then. If you're like, put whatever you want on it, I'm like, give me fresh garlic and cooked garlic and basil and cherry tomatoes. And <laughs> like, like <laughs> I love to Just put all this stuff. Yeah. But no ham. No, no ham. <laughs> give me no ham. But I did used to like, uh, like, you know, even when I, even when I ate meat, pepperoni, only pepperoni, hmm. not pepperoni and sausage, hmm. you know, because pepperoni is perfect. You know, pepperoni it, is the perfect meat for a pizza it it 
it gives enough of itself to the pizza through the through the grease. It sweats enough. Salami doesn't sweat the same way. It doesn't. Oh, but hold on. But now here we go. Because I have all these. Because now this is the thing. I foods I don't like. I man, it's foods I love. Spaghetti, uh, pizza. But then I have like memories associated with foods, right? So like I like um I like uh my brain is having like because I guess desserts are foods as well. Desserts aren't foods. Desserts aren't foods. Fine. Like Fine. unless you can dress them up as a breakfast. You ever had a pi- you, ever, you ever had a piragua before? Uh, I don't speak Italian. Piragua, piraguas. Yeah, man. Wait, it's is it a, Italian? No, it's no, not. It's... So it's like shaved ice. Uh huh. You know, you never see the Hispanic people with the little, and they sh- the big block ice and they sh- 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 and they shave it and they put and then they put the syrup directly into it. So a snow cone. You know, piragua. Right. Um, Chinese food. Because again. We were like, we didn't have any money, so when we ate out, Chinese food was it, okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember, again, a block from here, I used to come to this apartment to do my grandfather's laundry. My my mother would always come on Fridays and do his laundry, and I would come with her. He would give me an allowance. So I would go to the Chinese restaurant down the block that I still go to and get french fries. And I loved hot sauce, but I never put hot sauce in my fries. My mother was like, put hot sauce in your fries. You're going to like it. And I was like, ew. But then I did it. You gonna learn. And it was the best thing of my entire life. But then I used to four chicken wings and fried rice, mm. you know, Gino Souls, chicken. You know, I have my relationship to food is crazy because you don't know New York food. No. Okay, you got tasty dumpling in Chinatown, one dollar twenty five cents. You get your you get an order of dumplings like traditional Chinese, like dumplings, kind of like pot stickers, you know. Crispy on the bottom, Ooh. nice and like juicy. Like fried pot stickers, or like... well, no, because they put them in a the pan because they, you know, and then they deglaze the. They, it's like a big thing, and it deglazes it, so it scrapes up, and it's like crispy on the bottom, Ooh. and stuff like that. Um, you know, meiwa, hmm? which meiwa you might have seen because it's a popular T-shirt, hmm? but it's a restaurant. I'm gonna show it to you later. You know, yeah. um, what else? You know, like I have. Well, because that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how would you define the the place you grew up, the culture of the place you grew up with a food? But you grew up in New York. I grew so. up in New York, but also I was poor as shit. Okay, so my mother cooked. The reason why I'm like I cook every month, we couldn't really afford to eat out unless it was Chinese Chinese food. So my mother made everything. My mother made everything. I ate everything at home unless I ate out. And it was Chinese food. My mother made, did very well trying to make sure that I was exposed to different foods. But then, the minute I got a chance, I tried everything. And I could go on from every single moment of every food I like. For example, spaghetti. I remember when Casey and Amanda were pregnant across the street. You don't know them, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I'll pretend well, like I do. Go the, on. Me, Casey, Amanda, and Rob were all... Amanda and Rob, Amanda's the mother of my godchildren, and Rob is Max's best friend, who's the father of her first kid. And we were there, and I made the spaghetti, and I used, uh, I used habanero peppers. I used so many oh, no. that they thought they were going to go into labor. <laughs> okay? Um, uh, 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 Chinese food. I Wait, wait, how many peppers did you use? Oh, a lot. Because, like, uh-huh. one habanero in a sauce oh, would, like, oh, zest it up. Sweat and tears. It was great. Oh, Lord. Uh, you Chinese had the tanteo, food. Re- right? Yes. Okay. 
uh, Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't eat meat anymore. Red Mabu is a Chinese like vegetarian vegan restaurant in the village, right? When Adriana was pregnant, I went there with her. I went there with my mother and my grandfather not long before my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have stories for every one of my favorite foods because that's kind of what food is, is like the moments. You know, and living in New York, when I lived in Harlem, I just went to the store and my mother bought food and she would let me trap the coupons. <laughs> she would let me eat some food in the restaurant, the store where we were looking and we would get food and we would cook together, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is my entire thing. It's all defined by how much money I didn't have, but I didn't know, you know? Right. And then when I ate out, it was Chinese food or bologna with American cheese with mustard but then Wait, when you put mustard in your mac and cheese, no bologna as a sandwich. Well, I used to go and get bologna, oh. mac and cheese and mustard. Oh, American cheese. Or until I got older and discovered deli mustard, oh. honey, turkey, less tomatoes, onions, pickles, Yum. spicy mustard. Pickles or, are amazing. But when, just side note, pickles are delicious. They are delicious. Oh my God. Or when Amanda was pregnant again, she introduced me to cheddar cheese. Wait. Because I, I just never really ate it that much. How old were you when you were introduced to cheddar cheese? I mean, I knew cheddar cheese, but I didn't love it until I was like 23 when she was pregnant. She introduced me to bacon, egg, and cheese. Mm. Bacon, egg, and cheddar on a raisin bagel. Mm. Okay? You know? Mm. So, like, that for me, that's kind of it. Because New York is that. But I don't know about the West Coast. I don't know, like, is it... It's very homogenous. It's like everything in one area. Like, did you travel to get food? You're you're partially. You got the half Jew thing go, thing going on. Half Jew. That's a lot of pepper. <laughs> a lot of pepper. Someone's gonna be sneezing up in here. Half Jew. You know. So I don't know. You gotta like let me know. I I don't. You gotta educate me. Like how much of your to give you some direct questions. Like how much of your your food was culturally like Jewish kosher. Oh, um, none of it. <laughs> I, 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 I was about as kosher as i don't know uh korean barbecue like <laughs> it's a lot of pork in there and seafood um no i didn't eat kosher at all really uh the place i grew up in antelope the northern part of sacramento before you got into like the the other little communities and towns around us there wasn't really much to eat except you have your Chinese food place, your taqueria, and your pizza places. And, uh... Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Beer pro. Oh. Look, there's no there cough button, so whatever. They're gonna kiss yeah. my butt. Anywho. So, it we ate... Another one of the things me and, and my hooligan squad of friends would go and do is we'd go to our closest taqueria and get the largest burritos they had. Taqueria already, see? We had tw- the taqueria. West Coast already. West yeah. Coast, yeah. Taqueria de Guadalajara in the Winco Center. Oh, we would fuck up a giant burrito. And this is a burrito that would take two extra large sized tortillas okay, to roll. <laughs> <laughs> two. 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 Did you get showered enough a in that? A little bit. Um, that, those those were always fun. But if if you wanted something a little bit more 
I don't know, just not plain Jane. Like, even if you wanted to go to like an Applebee's, you'd have to go to the next community over. We didn't have Ooh. we didn't have any sit down restaurants in Antelope. Um, there was maybe one sports bar that was there for about two and a half years before it got shut down. It's it's just there weren't any places to kind of sit and eat. It was all either fast food chains, um, and if there was any like mom and pop shops, it was Chinese food. Taqueria, pizza, done. That's <laughs> that's it. And uh, lately, as or when when my friends and I actually got our driver's license, started exploring, we found this one place that I think perfectly encapsulates the kind of cultural demographics that are in Antelope. And this was right on the border of Antelope and Roseville, still northern Sacramento. Um, but going from like Antelope, the not as nice area, to Roseville, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the much nicer area. No, I know what you're talking about, but gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. And there was this uh, barbecue joint. It was like out of the garage of a uh, of like a mechanic or Ooh. something. It, <laughs> I'm already down with it. I'm it already very, down with it. Very uh, niche. But on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, they'd fire up their smoker, and they'd mm. slow smoke these tri-tips. Now, I don't know if you know what a tri-tip is, because I've been looking around uh, New York, and I have not found that cut of meat. Because that cut of meat is actually kind of not good. You um, have to go to a butcher, that's why. You, you, can, have, go to, you can go to a butcher. And I've gone to it. a couple. and Well, they don't have them out, but tri, tri-tip, for one, is, is something that defines – uh California's culinary um look at that experience. The triangular cut of the beef from the bottom sirloin subprimal cut. It it's it's subprimal and that's why you smoke it for like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a skirt and, thing. Oh what what is it, this? It gets what is oh. this? And in, in Google it says it's try to be a California thing. Is it? Yeah that's what it says right here. It, it it's an economical cut. It's called California's Cut, apparently. <gasps> Wait, see, I oh, I thought there was a thing, but we, but I've had tri tip, and it's definitely a thing that's here. Yeah, but I guess that's just maybe like a thing that's you know. All well, right, so this place you'd go when on the days they had their tri tip, they'd do tri tip tacos and tri tip sandwiches, and oh my god, the tri tip tacos! They do it like a like with the corn tortilla that's fried with the tri tip inside with the fresh uh the the queso fresca and sprinkled on it with uh like some some salsa that's been sitting in agent like the salsa has fermented so it's like beyond Mm -hmm. average salsa Mm -hmm, spice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh my god that that with a gas station soda immediately brings me back to my hometown Mm. that that taco that because you know west coast it's it's a pretty uh pretty strong Latin influence. The tri tip, you have a good amount of agriculture and rural uh, stuff going on just just in Antelope too. Like my <laughs> my city was so diverse. I guess you can be in Antelope and on one side uh, go pet cows and chase horses and run with sheep and fish in a creek and then on the other side you'd be in like 
I don't know, on your way to downtown Sacramento. Wow. It, it's that it, we were on, we were that fringe, I guess, but, oh man, just thinking about them tri-tip tacos now, <laughs> that's, that's so Raven. Well, <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like I could talk about this kind of things forever because like food here in the, cause you know. There's so much of it. There's so much of it. There's so much and food like, in New And York. you're talking about that, and I'm thinking about, oh, what the, the you know, because also, like, over there in the West Coast, heavy Mexican population. Over here in the East Coast, heavy Dominican and Puerto Rican population, you know. Which, so, the, so the Spanish food is different. Yeah. But we also have Mexican food here, too. That's great. But you have to look really hard for it. Mm. You know, you got to look for it. But we also Y'all's have a lot Mexican of, food. No, we have great. I got to show you, though, but it's hard. You got to look for it. You guys have great, like, Spanish food. Yeah. No, you can find. I promise you, you can find amazing Mexican food, but you just have to know where to look. Mm. You know, because you have a lot of Ecuadorian food. Too. You know, you got everything. And I really, really, really can never shut up about doing this. Okay, but I'm gonna. We gotta cut it short because you're. You know, we're running so long, oh. and we gotta try to to, to dial it back a little bit. Dial it back a little bit. But I want to ask just, you real we quick. Have so much to say, right? I want to ask you quick. Uh, so, how do you feel about food on the East Coast? Well, I mean, y'all's pizza is untouchable. <laughs> Hands down. Um, New York pizza, even the shittiest New York pizza, is still better than any of California's attempts to try to... Because, you know, you got California Pizza Kitchen and mm-hmm, Pizza mm-hmm. My Heart, which are just attempts to replicate New York pizza, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, like, with a little less boundaries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> You'd find a, a California pizza would look the same. They try as, so that's they try too hard. They try too hard. That I didn't. It didn't occur to me that like it's with the toppings, and that's yeah. what they try to do different. Mm-hmm. Pineapple on pizza, or whatever, whoever likes. Well, I, oh man, I could go on forever because I, I I lived down south briefly in South Carolina and Georgia, but we we can't. We but, cannot oh. do it because we need to be good. We, we need to be good. Somebody, self-control somebody, and self-discipline. That's that's definitely something that I, I don't think we have a lot of. You so know, we're trying to get a little bit better. But here's the thing. So what? What? Oh, that's the wrong song. That's that's the wrong song. Hold on. That's the that's the that's the old intro. I'm gonna just go to the music live here. There we go. Relatively live. There you go. Live to tape. Fuck mm. it. I'm <laughs> doing it live. Doing it live to take. Uh, so, uh, I want to thank. This has been awesome. All right. So, what, 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 what's happening next? You know, what are you doing next in the next two weeks before the next podcast comes out? All right, all right. Well, before the next two weeks, I've been invited to uh, return to the Brooklyn Comedy Club. There's, uh, they do Friday night shows um, that are their their actual shows, not just open mics. I was invited to come back on uh, Friday the 11th to do a spot on um, on their show then. And uh, if anyone's interested, you know, let me know. I need to fill seats. So all right, um, you could catch me there, and you could get as many of my stupid jokes as I can fit in five minutes. In uh, social medias, social medias. Uh, check out Humble Bumble Bear. Dot wordpress.com uh check out see honey at instagram and uh steven what 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 plugs you got well uh as you know this is gonna be 
uh, here on the Art, Art of Giving Up RSS feed. Ooh, let them you know. know. But so, you know, for now, you can still reach out to both of us, not just me, on my Facebook page, which is I'm trying to change the name of it right now, still the Art of Giving Up. Uh, the Instagram, which is Art of Giving Up. Uh, Twitter, which is the Art of Giving Up, like duh, D A. Oh, duh art. Duh art of giving up. Dart. And <laughs> Gmail, art of giving up podcast at gmail.com. All right. Mm-hmm. And you know, what this about, has been dope. About, uh... Oh, and of course, habitofwellness.wordpress.com. I need the full website. Listen, I got a lot of links. We got, so, got listen, so many links. We got we to gotta wrap this up. All right. So, th- we are your hosts. I'm Steven. I'm Chandler. And, well, I guess. I guess today, oh, everything. So, we, so, we, so we end it with like. Was it in taste? Or we should end it with, that was in good taste. That was in good taste. That was in good You're taste. You're talking about a oh, lot of things. Think it, All right. Well, we'll ch- I have no ice left. Clink it. There that, we go. That was in good taste. In good taste. In good taste.